So our ability to fall asleep at night is the ultimate surrender of our day, to release control over all the events. And when I hear adults in my practice struggle with the ability to do that, or parents who are faced with children who are unable to let go of their day, hazel gemotherapy is the extract that comes to my mind. I'll be sharing a lot more with you about one of my favorite extracts, Hazel, um, today in this episode, along with two of my amazing colleagues. I'm Lauren Huble. I'm a health coach and I'm a chemotherapy expert. And I'm here today with Terry Brooks, herbalist. Hello, Terry. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Megan. I'm so happy to be with you again and continue my learning because I've learned as much as anybody during these podcasts. Um, I'm just a plant nerd <laughs> and a teacher. That's it. Well, you're a wonderful one, and I'm so glad you're joining us. Thank you. And along with Terry, we have Megan Limp, acupuncturist. Hello, Megan. Hi, everyone. Hi, Lauren and Terry. It's great to be back with you again, and I'm excited to talk about Hazel. Yes, aren't we all? So, Terry, get us started. What can you tell us about Hazel? as a shrub, and it's my understanding, this variety that we're talking about is a shrub, is that right? It is, it's mainly a shrub. Um, we're talking about the European hazel, which is Coralus avalana. There are many other hazel species and some of them grow in my area. I have had the opportunity to forage for hazelnuts in the fall. Uh, it's difficult because the squirrels almost always beat you, no matter how carefully you're watching. But this was known as the tree of knowledge and wisdom. It's also known as the tree of white magic and healing. Um, poetry. And hazel is considered the ninth consonant in the Oum Celtic alphabet, corresponding with the month between August 8th and September 4th on their calendar. Usually the tree is about 12 to 15 feet in height. Because it's growing in a hedgerow or a mixed wood kind of situation, it's got a little competition for the sunlight. But it has been known to grow up to 50 feet tall. Usually, it grows near water. It has a compact, rounded shape. The leaves are rounded, alternate, and they have a bit of a serrated edge, but the texture of it is a little velvety and soft on the leaf. Those leaves are really fun to watch in the fall because they turn kind of yellow and pink before they actually fall off the plant. The nuts ripen between August to October and each nut is almost, I think it's almost pretty. It's got a little lace petticoat on it like a ragged leafy frill on it. It takes nearly nine years to achieve a full crop of nuts. Um, this is one of the first trees to flower. Now I don't know about Minnesota but it has been said that it flowers as early as January. I'm guessing it's not here. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> but the male and female flowers grow on the same plant. This plant is interesting because it's one of those whose, you know, the leaves drop and the branches and the twigs and everything involving the plant tends to alkalize the soil. And that allows it to improve the soil for other species to grow better. So Terry, you had me on the white magic. Can you tell me a little bit more about that when you talk about the folklore or the historical uses? You bet. White magic is usually considered any kind of healing that involves love, health, mm -hmm. money, or protection. 
So it's quite the opposite of what people might consider black magic. I would say this is the healing, the healing arts. Um, as far as the, the magic goes, let me back up just a little bit and talk about some of the historical uses and I'll talk more about the healing. The, this tree is known to live for a long time, mainly because they use a technique called coppicing on this tree. They've noticed that when a branch was cut or broken, it would send up straight new shoots. And so they've taken advantage of that and exploited that ability to actually go out and cut it at the base and allow the plant to grow those straight new shoots. And then if they split those branches or those rods as they're called, it's very flexible so they can bend it, they can even tie it into knots. So they would use this, these rods in lattice work to make fences, it was called waddle work, hurdles, baskets, walkways over the bogs, um, reinforce the riverbanks. I've actually seen that and I didn't, I didn't register when I saw it. Um, they also use it for foundations of buildings. So if you made a waddle and a waddle and filled the interior with mud and straw, that would be the walls of your house. Now, also the interesting part is this is the traditional rod that was used for dowsing or divining for water. So it has a little bit of a, that magical feel to it. The hazelnuts themselves were considered sacred. They were the foods of the gods and that conferred inspiration. And when they talk about that in the Celtic lore, it particularly meant that they were poets and they were inspired to write poetry and sometimes music, but mostly the poetry was very, very forefront in their thinking. So furthermore, I, <laughs> I read many books about this and I kept thinking, the first time I read this little story, I thought, I'm not gonna talk about that, but it was in every reference. And so the hazelnuts being considered sacred, they thought that this tree was, would show the entrance to the other world. And it was often planted around wells, sacred wells, and it still is evidenced in, in those places in much of Britain today. So the tree, there were nine of them around this sacred otherworldly well, and the nuts would fall into the water and be eaten by the salmon. Now the salmon, they were called the salmon of wisdom, and that's another mythical character in Celtic lore. But for every nut they ate, the salmon would have a red spot on its skin. Anyone eating those salmon would immediately be wise and full of poetry, apparently. <laughs> I wonder, but anyway, the spray from the well, the fish are jumping and that spray that water would spray could also confer inspiration on other artists. So musicians and dancers and so on might congregate by that water in order to receive this sacred spray. It's interesting. And I knew a long time ago that in Ireland and Scotland and Wales and parts of Britain that they have had ancient laws about the use of trees, the preservation of trees and so on. And reading a little bit more in depth about that, as far back as the 11th century and probably further back, there were laws called neighborhood laws. That was the American trans or English translation of it, but um, would tell exactly why or what the punishments might be if you destroyed someone else's tree. 
and they divided these trees up into groups. So there were four tiers and each tier had seven trees in it. Most often the top tier was the plants like oak or the really large, huge trees that would be of great benefit both financially and otherwise. But apples and hazel were considered in that top tier because of their fruit or their nuts. And in the case of hazel also, the rods were very valuable. So it's in the top tier called the nobles of the woods. And if you were to cut another person's hazel branches, it was punishable by a fine of up to two heifers or two two-year-old heifers, I believe it was. If you destroyed the tree and took the tree out, the fine was as much as two milk cows. So, and those laws existed, I think, I know up into the 19th, probably 20th century. Mm -hmm. um, protection was also a major theme associated with the hazel. And oftentimes it would appear in things like branding your cattle with the OM alphabet for hazel to protect against the evil eye. Sailors were known to wear hats made of hazel leaves to keep them safe at sea. And as I mentioned, it was often planted near the sacred wells. In Norse mythology, it's known as the tree of knowledge. So it fits in with that wisdom idea. And it was sacred to Thor and Brigid, the goddess. Wow. I know. Wow. Everyone needs a hazel tree. I think so. And it would fit nicely into most people's yards, being a little smaller. Yes. Yeah. So given your background and the research you've done, are there some specific medicinal qualities that you've uncovered? Well, I think this plant would benefit many systems of the body because it has protein, it has vitamin E, and it's loaded with healthy fats. I think one source said 65% of the nut is fat. The hazelnuts are also important sources of the macronutrients and trace minerals, including potassium for your nervous system and your heart, phosphorus for your bones and energy production, copper for red blood cell production, uh, magnesium, which does so many things in the body, healthy nerves and muscles. It also has zinc to help many phys physiological functions and iron for blood production, calcium, chromium for lipid metabolism, it just goes on and on. It regulates glucose levels. In the past, the bark, the leaves, the catkins, and the fruits were all used medicinally. They have these qualities. They are astringent, which means it would dry up fluids. Diaphoretic, which would cause sweating that you might want if you were trying to break a fever. And indeed, lowering a fever is another quality it has. And they're nutritive. The oil has been used as a parasit parasiticide to help with pinworm in babies and young children. And the leaves have been used to stimulate the circulation and production of bile. So I'm thinking liver and gallbladder disorders might benefit from this. But I'm particularly interested in the idea of these nuts conveying wisdom, especially since we know now what the connection is between fat and the brain. And also I think the fact that this plant improves the terrain of other plants in its area might signify that it improves the terrain, terrain in our body or our microbiome. And that would probably benefit all of our metabolic functions. Wow, that, that's a perfect lead in Terry, because honestly, I don't know anyone who can't benefit from Hazel. And 
even though that its primary action as a gymotherapy extract, and we're using the bud for that, for the shrub, is on the liver and lungs, it, the liver and lungs impact, impact all the other systems of the body. So the, this uh, um, tonifying effect that Hazel has on the liver and lungs is really with resolving inflammation um, of the connective tissues in the organ itself, and therefore improving their elasticity. So um, when we know Hazel's working, we see some really um, wonderful outward benefits. So the first thing that happens with anyone with respiratory issues is they're able to breathe better. They have an improved expiration and inspiration. And then to see the improvement on the liver, you're actually going to need to have a scan. But liver improved liver health affects so many other um, systems in the body, we're going to see it outwardly before you'd ever have to invest in a scan. Now, the, the secondary action, and this lends to your thoughts there, Terry, is on the nervous system, it, particularly the autonomic connection between liver, lung, and brain. So um, what we see in practice is um, an improved mood by those who take um, Hazel, an improved sense of calm, and certainly an ease in the evening. And that's when, in my practice, I recommend individuals to be taking Hazel. Um, it's an end of the day, like after dinner, um, an evening type of extract. The secondary effects, though, of all those wonderful things Hazel does is in, with optimizing the liver function is improved sleep, digestion, and overall state of well-being. Also, people are able to tolerate more foods um, that, um, by taking the Hazel. So when I ask the question, uh, who might consider Hazel, I have to say everyone, all ages and all genders. And then particularly those that may have some evening anxiousness, difficulty releasing the day. I really like that term. Um, and I think you know, if you have difficulty releasing your day, you know who you are. And, and surrendering, right? Like, because that's the ultimate um, surrender is to go into sleep. So if there's history of recurrent respiratory symptoms or a history or current use of medications because of its protection for the liver. So acutely, I use Hazel um, really as a convalescent extract. I tend to use it towards the end of a respiratory inflammation and then onwards. So if I have children, or adults who tend to get repetitive respiratory infections, and particularly if it's early in the season, we're talking about October now, I'll just keep them on Hazel the whole season. I also suggest individuals to microdose Hazel, and this helps harmonize the nervous system. So one to three drops in the evening helps improve sleep, stabilize mood, calms, evening fears, and anxiety. And I've got to think of that connection too with the brain and wisdom, Terry. It's a wise thing to sleep well, right? <laughs> and, and to take care of ourselves. And I, I, I see this as, as leading to people 
to gain wisdom about their own body and how to care for it. The chronic conditions Hazel's been um, known to resolve are injuries and degeneration of the liver. It's excellent for any overuse of prescription medications, any use of long-time use of alcohol, um, good for cases post-hepatitis, emphysema, complications from bronchitis where scarring could in, in occur, and also with long-time smokers, particularly those prone to pneumonia. So this covers a very wide group. I see it as a protection in the winter. I, I like to um, use hazel for everyone in my family in the evening through the winter months. And then additionally, anyone with chronic asthma and sleep disturbances. So that's quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Megan, what, do you, what light are you going to shed on all this through the Asian medicine lens? Yeah, it seems like the three of us are just on the same page about hazel. It is such an important and diverse and widely applicable extract. Through the Asian medical lens, hazel harmonizes the movement of qi and fluids in the lung and liver. And the lung and liver, as you noted when you were talking, Lauren, is such an important combination. And actually, in the extracts that we've discussed so far, it is not common to see a lung and liver uh, combo like this. The lung and the liver energetically have both to do with the movement of qi through the system and with the support of our spirit and our emotions. So it's really a beautiful combination. And I have noticed both in myself and in my clients that Hazel seems to bring about a subtle feeling of ease and harmony in many people who take mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I often hear feedback from people that they're better able to handle the stress of their daily life. And it seems, it, it seems to settle us and nourish us. Um, and I think that evening would be a fantastic time to take it. So let's back up for just a second and look at why Hazel is so useful through the Asian medicine lens at treating respiratory conditions and supporting mood. Uh, we know that in the Asian medicine lens that all life is a manifestation of chi. And in this context, we're talking about our body and our mind. And we know that health is defined as a state of balance. And this is something that is right on the money with Hazel because Hazel is such a balancer for us emotionally. Lung, together with our digestive organs, is responsible for producing the chi of our body and then dispersing it through the system. And liver supports that in lung by uh, moving the chi in a smooth way. And so if chi is moving in a smooth way, then fluids and emotions are also moving in a smooth way. So we can see that when the liver and the lung are working in harmony, it is just a dynamite combination for us. So we know that when we're talking about lung or liver or an organ system through the Asian medicine lens, we're not just talking about the organ. Asian medicine focuses much more on a set of functions that we call lung. So if we look at some of the functions that we call lung and how they apply to hazel, it really helps us understand why this extract is so helpful for respiratory health, mood support, and as Lauren said, sleep. We know that lung controls our respiration, so our inhalation and exhalation. 
Secondarily, we know that lung circulates the chi and fluids. So if we're looking at respiratory health, we need a full inhalation and exhalation. And we need the fluids in our upper respiratory tract to be moving smoothly. So we don't want congealed fluids and phlegm to start to build up. We also know that lung controls what we call Wei Qi, which is our most outer layer of defense. And it's what protects uh, our body from the exterior, from the stresses in our environment, from external pathogens. And it's very closely aligned with what we call the immune system. So we, if we look at those three things, we can see how our respiratory health is so supported. We have a full inhalation and exhalation. We have the proper dispersal of fluids in the upper respiratory tract, and we have protection against continuing to get sick. So it's really a dynamite combination. If we look at uh, the emotional support with Hazel, the words most often associated with our lung energy are sadness or grief. And I think that, that that does play a role, but often overlooked, and I think maybe even more applicable, is lungs' role in our ability to let go. And letting go both on the physical and the mental and emotional level. So lung supports our letting go of our physical waste because lung controls our skin and our pores. So we can let go of excess heat and we can let go of toxins through the skin. And lung also lets go of physical waste by supporting its uh, partner, meridian, which is large intestine. So we're releasing then through the bowel. But our ability to let go on a mental and emotional level of what is no longer serving us is a big piece of hazel. And I've used hazel in this particular situation quite often. Sometimes we have mentally moved past an old grief or a trauma but we just can't quite let go of it. And Hazel seems to really settle us and help us in this move through that process more smoothly. Hazel's support of liver is also quite important. And we know that one of liver's primary functions is the smooth movement of chi. And since all life is a manifestation of chi, it therefore oversees the smooth movement of all of our physical and emotional level challenges. In fact, the liver is the energy system most affected by daily stress. Stress on the liver. To do what probably heard me talk before, what Chinese medicine calls liver chi stagnation. This is an extremely common situation in our culture because most of us tend to feel stressed on and off. And the feeling associated with liver chi stagnation is the feeling of being stuck or blocked. It's the feeling of not being able to move with the flow. And it often manifests as irritability or anger and frustration. The pattern though, sometimes we'll notice when we're feeling like that, there are some other physical signs that come with us. Sometimes there might be a feeling of uh, fullness or like something is caught in your throat. Uh, maybe you wanna keep swallowing, you're trying to move chi. Sometimes we'll also see frequent sighing. You might notice that somebody around you or you tend to sigh a lot. And if you just feel that, you can, you can feel that it's your body's attempt to move the chi. Sometimes a little bit of upper abdominal distension or fullness might come with that pattern too. And when taking hazel, we know that our sleep improves. I've seen it in myself and I've seen it in clients and colleagues. 
and that is both because of the lung and liver support. When we talk about the Chinese clock of the qi arriving in different meridians and a certain order, we know that the, uh, the qi arrives in the liver meridian from 1 to 3 a.m. and in the lung meridian from 3 to 5. So when these organs need support, we might see disturbed sleep or night waking or some kind of pattern manifesting at those times. And in fact, I have had people um, complain to me about sleep disturbances and say that they tend to wake at 3 a.m. and they can somehow miraculously fall back to sleep right around 5. And this would be a clear indication that that person, their system needs some lung support. So we can see that if we are producing abundant chi and it's moving smoothly, that it can help a whole variety of things. Yeah. Wow, Megan, beautiful. I have to tell you this, that every time after we have our calls, I'm very aware of my breath afterwards. <laughs> like, am I moving my chi or not today? <laughs> so thanks for the re good reminders. So while we're on the topic of Asian medicine, why don't you share, Megan, where people could get further information beyond all this glorious um, bits you've given today? Yeah, there are two very readable and great books that introduce the philosophy of Asian medicine. One is called The Web That Has No Weaver, and there's another great book called Between Heaven and Earth. If you're interested in finding out more about gemotherapy through an Asian lens or more about my practice, you can find me at acculemp.com. Thanks, Megan. And Terry, what about trees and plants? What do you have to offer today? Well, today I'd like to recommend the book that you sent to me, Lauren, <laughs> Ireland's Trees, Myths, Legends, and Folklore. And it's way more than that by Neil McCourtier. Yeah. Wonderful. And if you'd like to hear more about gemotherapy, please take a look at my website, laurenhubelay.com, and you'll find a variety of classes I offer, quite a bit of information on my blog, and then links to purchase my books. Ladies, always wonderful to be with you. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.